Welcome everyone. This is Hotel Stories Podcast and I am your host Tracy Amen. Sam Tucker can't be with us tonight. He has um, allegedly a client dinner, but um, <laughs> he's probably off having fun doing something. Um, but I have a great guest with us tonight and I'm excited to introduce everybody to Christine Trippy. She is the Senior Manager of Operations for Marriott International. And as important, she just wrote a book. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that and her career. So welcome, Christine. Thank you, Tracy. I'm so excited to be here talking with you. This is so exciting. Well, you have such a wealth of knowledge. And um, so the book that you wrote is called The Wise Pineapple, is that right? Actually, that is my company name. I have my little side hustle called The Wise Pineapple, and the book is called Yes is the Answer. Yes is the answer. God, we yeah. could all use that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know my kids would love it if that was <laughs> a parenting book. Yes, and in the book, I do talk about how this, this approach and this four-step process works on husbands, works with kids, works with everyone. <laughs> Well, you have such a wonderful, vast career, and um, and I was looking at everything that you've done from catering to conference services. You were a front office manager, an AGM, a GM, um, and the list goes on. So where did you start in hotels? What was your first job? Oh, well, good story. So I started when I was 17 and I was in the uh, high school work program. And I started in high school as part of that program. I left high school at 12 noon and then I went to work. And my first job was at the Hampton Inn. Uh, and what's so funny is, and this is a great lesson for everybody out there that might be listening, is when I made this transition, I had I was working at Ponderosa Steakhouse. If y'all remember that big buffet, and, <laughs> oh God, how I miss that Ponderosa! Um, but I was working at Ponderosa, and I had also started working when I was thirteen at an Italian restaurant as a bus girl, and so I had restaurant experience. But I just had this romanticized um, vision of working for a hotel, and I just wanted to work for a hotel. So uh, you're supposed to, you know, with the work program, work in an industry that you want to make a career out of it. So I, I posted to the Red Roof Inn, and I posted to the brand new Hampton Inn in our area, and then I also posted at a Pizza Hut. And the Was this in Illinois? Yes, yes. I, I grew up in uh, Schaumburg area in Illinois. Okay. Uh-huh, and uh, the Red Roof Inn never called me, and um, so so uh, long for them, they, they missed out on a good thing. <laughs> yep, they sure yes. did. Yes, and um, the Pizza Hut immediately called me. They were, you know, offering me a job, and that would have been the comfortable route to take because I was so comfortable with that in food and beverage, and I, I already was serving. That would have been an easy take. But then the Hampton Inn called me and I wanted to work in a hotel so bad. Now, the position they were offering me was a van driver slash laundry girl. Stop. Which, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with that. However, I was 17. I had just gotten my license. I had never driven on the expressway before. And this, this particular van was an 18-passenger van. I'd have to get a B license. I was terrified to put people's lives in my hands. So I just was like, my stomach just dropped. I wanted this so badly, but I was so scared. And I ended up just going for it. And you know, the Pizza Hut job would have been totally easy in my comfort zone. And that was like the start of everything. Of, and I don't even know if I was aware of it at the time, but to just, choosing the the uncomfortable route getting out of your comfort zone and anytime you you something scares the hell out of you that's the sign to go that's the right choice and it has proven itself throughout my entire 33 year career it's always that that challenging thing that scares the hell out of you to take it and run with it and figure it out later and i did <laughs> you did and so not everybody is built like that where do you think you got that I can do this, you know, that kind of inner spirit. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, I have just like everybody, my own challenges with self-confidence and all those kinds of things. You know, people who meet me immediately think that I have all the self-confidence that um, that a, a person could possibly have. But, but I struggle with all those things that everybody does. But, you know, especially with this writing of this book, every day I, I you know, say to myself to choose courage over uh, comfort. And I'm really self-aware of that comfort zone and to always be getting out of it. And again, I, I got better as I got older, but I definitely am aware that that was the beginning of that right there in that, that moment. Did your so, parents or your teachers have any sort of influence on your decision or were, was it all you? No, this was all me. If anything, my parents probably told me to take the pizza job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but that, that really was all me. It was just this, this massive desire to work in hospitality. And for anybody out there listening, I want to tell you, 33 years I've been doing this and the romance has not ended. I absolutely love what I do every day. I love it so much that I do it when I take my vacation time. <laughs> with my little side hustle. <laughs> um, I, I, the romance is still there. That is so exciting. So, so you start out, you're, you're driving the bus and you're, work, you're working in laundry. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so then how does this kind of continue to evolve? Okay, well, I'll tell you. And this is where it all happened. And, I, and to this day, I always think, where would I be right now had I chosen Pizza Hut? Uh -huh. Everything in my life that I have and, and, and all came from that choice. And it just, it, oh, it just, it boggles my mind. I wish I had that hourglass or that, that snow globe to look into to, to see what my life would be like today if I did, if I chose a Pizza Hut. I know it would be dramatically different. Um, uh -huh. but however, so I started, well, they quickly saw that my talents were being wasted in the laundry room. <laughs> Um, so I quickly went to the front desk after about three months and, you know, I just was, you know, such a service person. Um, and that was the uh, hotel I first started with um, my Hampton and scrapbook. I took pictures of the guests. I saved all my comment cards. I had this whole scrapbook of this, this amazing life I was living. I just loved Stop. it. So How old are you? I still have that scrapbook. What? Yeah. And I was 17 years old. What? And yes. And the one year later, I was 18 years old. This small management company was opening up another Hampton Inn. And I was promoted to assistant general manager. And wow, 18? <laughs> at 18 years old. And that was, I, I thought in my head, you know, because I, I, I honestly, I was in the work program because I didn't really, I wasn't really the greatest student, um, and, but I was really great at work and I always felt great at work because I always performed really well and I just loved to work and I thought, you know what, this is going to be my college and it mm -hmm. really was. I did end up going to community college for a little while years later, um, but you know, I don't have a uh, fancy degree um, at some fancy college, or, you know, with the Harper College, community college. And, um, and then I just, I just hustled. I hustled. I had grit and I loved what I did. I, I just, and this is what I love to tell when I'm onboarding people or when I'm talking to, um, up and comers that, that you can, the best thing about hospitality is that you can make this career, anything you want it to be. If you've got the right attitude and the right effort. You can literally take it as far as you can. There is no ceiling that I believe that you can't reach um, if you've got the right effort and the right attitude. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And you can get a job anywhere in the world. That was one thing I loved is that, you know, some of the most beautiful places in the world need your services. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I don't know, we'll, we'll move on to this, but um, we're kind of at a point where I think it would be a good to talk about because I just love talking. You know, I, we had, with Marriott, we have this program called the Voyager program, and that's for co college grads. And as they graduate college, they, you know, enter into this industry and whatnot. And I just love getting my hands on my Voyagers because I, 
you know what, there's a lot of people in our industry that are maybe not supposed to be here and they, they've been in the industry too long, they're a little burnt out and they have more of a negative approach and it breaks my heart anytime I think of someone new entering our industry with that as their model. So I love to get my, I used to do a lot of work with um, some local colleges and hospitality schools in my area when I was a general manager to just, um, you know, inspire them with my message and, and what I think it is. Um, and what I really believe is that we get to do this every day. And every day we get to change the world one yes at a time. And that's and when you can give an associate or a leader, anyone on your team, this higher purpose, then that is a gift that is just priceless. Because now people start, start, don't just come in and punch a clock. I've got to clean 18 rooms or check in 100 guests. They start thinking, whose life do I get to change today? And when mm -hmm. you do that for someone, it's really cool. And I tell kind of that whole story of how that came to be in the book. I'm happy to share it, but I don't know what other uh, agenda you have. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm sure someone modeled something like that for you, either positively or negatively, that kind of helped develop this. So what did you see when you were 18 and when you were young and you were absorbing all this that kind of set that tone for you? Well, my first boss, her name was Allison Bull, and now it's Allison Coda. Um, she was awesome. She had a great attitude and, um, and really showed me a great example of leadership and excellence. So, you know, I didn't have that in the beginning as far as, you know, seeing somebody negative. I have run into that many times in my career, but not in the beginning. I had a great, great mentor in her, and I'm still friends with her. and, and um, and reach out to her from time to time still. Uh, however, what it, what it was is literally the first time I received a comic card, and I still have this comic card. I use it in my keynote. I use it in a lot of different things. Um, and I brought the comic card home, and it was this first message that I made a difference for this guest, and I made, it was a big deal to him, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. I brought it home, and I showed my mom and dad, and they were so proud. They hung it on my, our refrigerator. And that's when sitting across the kitchen table from the greatest man I've ever known, my dad, he told me the starfish story. Do you know the starfish story? I believe, so, but tell me. You want me to tell it? Okay. Yes. And it's in the book too, but I'm going to just share it with you um, for anybody who might not know it. It's, uh, I'll give you the short version. A, a girl is walking along the beach and she's throwing starfish out into the ocean, back into the ocean, one after the other. And a man comes up and says, what are you doing? And she says, oh, there's a low tide. And all these starfish are going to die if they don't get back into the ocean. Help me. Let's throw them back in. And he says, look around. He says, there's thousands of them. You're never going to make a difference. And she bends down. She picks one up. She throws it into the ocean. And she says, I made a difference to that one. And when he told me that, it just changed everything in my head. And then... Now, I've, I've, since that day, I've shared that with colleagues, I've shared that as a leader, I've shared that as part of our team culture. When I opened up Keelan Cove Water Resort, it was our whole culture. Um, however, when you, you know, tell or share people, share with people that story and like that message, you know, it's a cute story, that's really nice, it touches your heart. But then when you pair it with what we really do on property every day, some of our amazing stories, then people really get that connection of we don't just clean rooms, serve food, and check people in. Every day we get to change the world. And that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I love that story. And you're right. You get to change each moment. You get to change a guest's perception. And you said you worked front desk, which I find personally to be the hardest job because whenever someone is it seems as though when someone is having a problem, they go to the front desk first. Mm -hmm. And you know, when they are really, things are going great, they either tell whoever's around them or they tell the general manager. But you seem to be the one at the front desk that handles so many of the things that need to be handled. Did you have that experience? Yes, and, and I'll be honest, and it took me a while to develop this, but 
I, if, any, if anything, I'd say that front desk is the best job in hotel. I love being at the front desk. <laughs> and honestly, that was the learning curve I had to, um, coming up from the very bottom ranks up to general manager, I had to take myself more out of operations because I just so, gra uh, you know, I'm, I'm gravitationally pulled to operations. I just want to be with my people. But uh, so that's something I had, to, uh, it was a challenge for me. Um, but I absolutely love the front desk and I love when people have concerns. I mean, I obviously want it to be perfect, but I want to be that person that makes it right for them. And there are very few times that I haven't been able to turn it around. Really? Yeah. That's great. Um, Ona, it's probably why you had pictures of people and great comment cards and, um, you know, yeah, uh, literally to this day, it was 33 years ago, and I still remember those guests. Mr. Murphy was my favorite guest. Every day he'd come, or every week he'd come back, and he'd walk in the door and say, hi, honey, I'm home. And awesome. I remember them all like it was yesterday. Okay, so what was that like when you left? Oh, it was, it was hard, obviously, but, but for me, I really was, um, uh, I really became, I, I wasn't anything when I started. I, everything, it was what I became. Um, I, I, I don't think I at first did this intentionally, but I moved about every two years. So I was at the Hampton Inn, I think two, two and a half years. And then from there, I, I always needed to keep growing. I, did, I didn't like getting comfortable. Once I got comfortable, I, I could feel it. And I knew it was time to stretch again. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I went to the Crown Plaza. And I was the front office manager at the Crown Plaza. And then from there, I went uh, into catering. I uh, went to the Sheridan. Um, I was a catering manager at the Hilton in Northbrook. Um, so I, you know, I had uh, a number of different things, but at about every two, two and a half years, I made that move. You know, I, I build on the base of where I was, um, you know, maybe a few internal promotions, and then, um, and then it would, I would move on to grow into a new role. Well, you certainly interviewed a lot of people in those roles. So is there something that stands out that when you're interviewing that you look for? You know, this is funny that you mentioned this, especially since I just told the story. Literally, I can train anybody to do the technical. And I think most of us in, the, in our industry, we know that. However, you know, they say to tra train for personality, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, hire for personality, and then you'll train the technical. Mm -hmm. I see all the time, even though we know that, oh, this person already knows Fossey, or this person already knows System 21, or on cue or whatever system we're on now, right? Right. Um, and they make those choices because maybe somebody has that hotel experience. Um, but I, I never do that. If anything, um, someone's experience sometimes is, is a turnoff. I like to take a new person and give them this new experience and this new perspective. So I, I never let the ease of hiring experience or someone who knows the system um, make me shortcome the person in front of me. And I, I typically at the interview will talk about the, um, starfish story and I will see, does it light that person up? If they, if they tear up or if they, um, uh, if I see like goosebumps or if I, I see that it physically touches them, especially the stories that I'll tell with it, um, uh, then I know that's the person I want on my team. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, that was always my philosophy as well. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I would get pushback from corporate, like this person doesn't have experience or connections in this market, or they've never done this role. Did you have an experience like that? Yes. And probably the most recent was, was at the courtyard where I was a general manager. And we were not allowed to hire somebody that came back with a red assessment. Um, so nobody else would tell me I could or could not hire. They didn't, you know, I was kind of the undecider there. However, we as a company, we weren't allowed to hire anybody with a red assessment unless we got above property approval. And there were, there were, I, I would say maybe a good three times where I said, no, I've seen this person's heart and I know that the person for this job and they always uh, performed well and, and were great associates. Mm -hmm. Of the three that I can think of offhand, 
um, they they end up being a complete gold mine. And you know, so those assessments are great, and we want to use them as a guide, but not an end all be all. Well, you're so right, and you do have a gut feeling, and I mean, you and there's so many people that we know, so many connections that we have that we can reach out and find out so much about people and their work ethic. Yeah. I, I have come to found, find interviewing that people really are honest. You know, sometimes it just floors me when people will, how people will answer questions where you think they, they wouldn't be honest and you're like, okay, all right, oh my thank God. you. Christina, people tell you who they are, believe them. Believe them, yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you, my, yes, I was, um, I took over at a hotel and I was inter interviewing the staff there and I asked one of the sales managers, I was like, what's your biggest challenge in selling the hotel? And they answered, calling people back. And I was like, okay, I kind of meant like, you know, noise or shuttle service or whatever it is. Now it's like, wow, that's very honest. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few of those and it's, yeah, it just, it, it takes you by surprise every time. <laughs> it does. You're like, wow, okay. Yes, yes. yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, have you had anyone do that in an interview? Oh yes, absolutely. I and literally the one I'm thinking off offhand is when I, I think I asked like what their biggest opportunity was and they told me um, showing up on time. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you for sharing. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I love I love hotel employees and I love um the guests because they have such great stories but um yes they do <laughs> so um so tell me about your current role okay oh this i swear i would do this role for free i know i'm not supposed to say that but i i, I love all of my positions but um but this is i was born for this role um so my current role i travel the country every week i love traveling it's awesome Everybody is kind of surprised when I say that, but I love it. And I, what I do is I support all of our managed select brand hotels uh, for operations and guest service. So especially if they're challenged um, with those areas, that's my main role is to get out to those properties that are struggling and uh, observe their operations, deep dive their, their guest service tours and, and surveys and then get them on an action plan and, um, and move on with the results and the goals that they desire to achieve. So that's my main goal or, or, or role for my position. Uh, however, there's so much more that we get to do. Um, I develop a lot of training, some of our amazing trainings that we've done and we cross the country. Um, there's been ACE training, which is all about um, arrival connection and um, empowerment we did our clean camp which is all about um in empowering housekeeping leaders to run great departments uh, we did our toolbox tour which was um empowering rpm associates to make sure they know exactly how they should be doing um, their job and our our we like to call ourselves entertainment because we train and we entertain um and we have a lot of a lot of fun yeah, well, it sounds like you talk a lot about empowerment. Do you find that that's maybe sometimes the missing link in some of the properties you're going to? 100%. Um, I do a lot on problem resolution and, and the difference of uh, when a guest has a problem, doesn't have a problem, or has a problem that's been resolved. And and this is this is something I talk to leaders about so often. And this is what my whole book is about as well. The wise pineapple. I'm going to back up here for just a second. The wise pineapple, which is my company, um, is all about one. The pineapple is the symbol of hospitality, and I just love that poem. If you want to call it a poem, about the pineapple being um, uh, be a pineapple, stand tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside. Mm -hmm. and, Really, that's everything I try to teach. Stand tall and be confident. Wear your crown and be empowered. And be sweet, lead from the heart. So that's what my company is all about. And the whole running theme throughout my book of Yes is the Answer revolves around those three things. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of gives you a little picture on that. 
but I, I like to say uh, I'll be in a class with a bunch of GMs or, or AGMs and our ops managers, and I'll say, do you support empowerment on your property? And every single hand will go up. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, now I'm going to ask you, do your associates act on empowerment? And every hand goes down. Maybe one or two will stay up, right? But pretty much every hand goes down. And so then I ask them, why, why do you think that is? You support it. You talk about it. You, you know, why do you think that is? And here's the number one reason. Because we as leaders all say, you are empowered. But that is so vast. It cripples people. One, we don't talk about it enough. And we don't role play it enough. Mm -hmm. and, and when you just say you're empowered without any guidelines or, or suggestions and, and, and help, then it just cripples them because it's just too much. Um, and I do this whole exercise with them and stuff that kind of, you know, um, solidifies the point. But, um, but so that, that's a, one of the things that I, and again, that's not really my role because my role is about housekeeping and maintenance and, you know, all of that. But these are the kind of things that I know nothing, none of those things are going to get better if we don't have the right culture. So I love to talk about culture and, you know, having an empowered um, work team and in the starfish story and, you know, giving a purpose to what we do. Um, and so people have their why, if you will, you know, Simon Sinek. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes. What, what does empowerment mean, you know, practically? And you're right. It's like, oh, you're empowered to say what you want or to make the guest happy. And, um, but to go beyond that, what does that really mean? Exactly. So just as a, for people listening, um, a couple of best practices is having a empowerment guideline. And I like to really emphasize it's just a guide that I truly do empower my associates to do what they need to do. But if I offer a guideline, uh, you know, we have a thing in Marriott called, called the Service Recovery Quadrants, and it's, it's a fix it, it's a red carpet, it's empathy, or it's a hero, your opportunity to be a hero. And we give guidelines based on whatever quadrant this problem might fall in. So we help them understand what that looks like. And then, you know, it's really about practicing empathy. We, you know, most guests just want to be listened to. And we're so quick because we've got so much going on that we just go, oh, here's some points or here's a free breakfast or, mm -hmm. you know, and really they just want to be listened to and they want you to understand how they feel. And those are the two things we skip over. We just get right to the, I'm sorry, here's a freebie. <laughs> That's right. And so we did a lot of work on that this year. What do you think that stems from? Is it like, you know, not a lot of people like uncomfortable situations and, and those, you know, sometimes can be heated or can be uncomfortable? Or do you think it's not having the tools or the resources? I think it's a combination of all of it. I think um, until you practice, one, the main, main thing is that we don't practice it. This is another thing I like to say. When we first started with Marriott, we were not supposed to say, you're welcome. We need to say, my pleasure. But every time after you say you're welcome out of habit, because that's what you're used to saying, a little bell would go off and you go, oh, dang it. Uh, and then you're like, oh, no, it's my pleasure. So then, but you practice that hundreds of times a day. So mm -hmm. it immediately starts to become just who you are. And now, like, my kids say my pleasure, mommy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, do you ever, ever in your personal life get on an elevator first? I swear I'm because of the industry, I'm always holding the door open. Yep. Yep. I am always the elevator hostess. I literally do not know how to turn it off. And I know that scares people. <laughs> okay. So I have a tough question for you. We talked okay. a little bit in um, some of the first segments of the podcast, but um, there's some times as a hotel employee that um, I know I didn't receive training and I didn't train on how to handle difficult situations. So you always want to want to make the guest happy, but there's times that the guest request is either um, inappropriate or maybe your manager's request. Like we talked about um, like a welfare check on a room, like knowing right. when, what you can handle or if a housekeeper, I feel like especially has um, you know a challenging situation? Like how how do you overcome that? What do you talk about in training towards those so, things? Th that's those are great questions. 
uh, here's what I'll say. Kind of back to what I was just saying about practice. Nothing will happen if you don't practice it. And this is one of my my soapbox issues, if you will, or things that anybody who knows me that might be listening is going to be like, I know what she's going to say, <laughs> is um, whatever you call it, whatever your team calls it, I like to call it huddle, but you know, the stand up, smart start, huddle, morning meeting, whatever you want to call it. But it's those 15 minutes, I literally could talk for four days straight about this meeting and how important it is. Um, but if you're not doing these things, every day on a regular basis, role playing and talking about these types of things, then they're not going to be prepared when it happens. And that's what I meant about with um, saying my pleasure a hundred times a day, we, it became so natural because we practiced it every day. But you know, certain problems and, and following that empathy process and listening, we don't get enough time to practice it to make it become who we are. So when it shows up, we let the anxiety of the situation get the better of us and we just respond quickly. Um, and the same thing in any of those emergency type situations. So I'll give you an example. Um, every Monday, my chief would be at our huddle. We had a whole team huddle every day, um, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And my chief every Monday would have a focus for the team whether it be life safety or an emergency situation or, or even just like a maintenance situation but every Monday. And then each day he'd come back and say, okay, who remembers what our focus is this week? And we'd review it. So we'd talk about fire alarms or tornado drills or, um, uh, you know, emergencies like you just mentioned. And we'd review these things on a regular basis. So it didn't just all of a sudden come out of thin air and we have to just figure out how to handle it. Mm -hmm. But everything starts at huddle. And in my mind, as a leader, our number one job is to build leaders. And that is where that begins, is in that huddle. Everything starts at huddle. And if you're not doing those things, I have a whole process on huddle, but on uh, a daily and consistent basis, that is your core culture right there. And I like to tell people too, because I've had award-winning hotels, every hotel I've been at just about. And it is not because I'm smarter than anybody else. It is because of the culture that I bring to each hotel that is completely different. And, and, and it's not just for a couple of weeks. I have an endurance that does not quit and it is forever. <laughs> so and I really truly believe that that is the difference, difference maker in my hotels. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I have to tell you, and I know you grew up, you know, in hotels, working in hotels, and, and I did too. And um, that type of training, um, I believe, is new. I don't, I don't remember um, when I was, you know, working front desk or when I was working in reservations, having those really important conversations about these are the guests that we have checking in this is who's coming here's our important guest here's what to look out for and then here's a training topic um so that's, that's so sad <laughs> uh, because that, those uh, that really is what builds leaders and if you're doing those things every single day you are going to um just have the most amazing culture um and i could go on forever about it <laughs> Well, it's so true. So yeah, we always had this joke about, you know, you, sometimes you would have a GM that was inspiring and, and a leader. And then sometimes you'd have ones that were like, well, the place won't burn down, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> it does. So, you know, having, trying to find someone who's everything is really tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, I was going to say that um, you were saying that you didn't really have that and it it might have been because it wasn't a thing at the time or it might have been because your leader just didn't execute them but the first things to to go away when you start getting short staffed or the whirlwind gets too big are your huddles your leadership meeting and your inspections mm -hmm. and the thing is it's not a guest pulling you so those are the easiest things maybe to just give up but those are the critical things where everything else will break down if you're not doing these three things. Yeah. They, the, they are the most important. In my, in my mind, there are certain things that are non-negotiable. I'm not leaving this hotel till these non-negotiables are done. 
and it's inspections, it's your leadership meeting, and it's your huddles. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm glad you agree, Trace. <laughs> yeah, well, and if you're out there and you're, um, you know, a hotel employee and these things aren't being done, um, you know, maybe come up with a suggestion or, or start something like this. I mean, true leaders, you don't have to be in the position of leadership to be, to step no. into a leadership role and say, hey, I'm going to do a huddle with my team. And I'm going to- As a matter of fact, the last training that I put forth, um, uh, one my, my Wise Pineapple workshop, as well as the last one I did with Marriott, part of the caveat was you did not receive your certificate for attending this class until you went back to your hotel and executed a huddle that I put together to train the people who didn't get to come to this class. So, um, so giving them practice and doing that and, and setting those tones. Um, so that, that worked out really great. And then the, the GM had to attest that they executed the challenge and then we sent them their certificate. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So you have a really, um, inspiring story and i think a lot of people can relate and get a lot out of it and uh you did a blog post that i read about um being surprised one day that your job was being eliminated and how you handled that yes it was it was devastating i i, I don't know if i articulated even enough in my blog post how devastated i was so um, it was 2007 that I got this incredible opportunity to open up a whole new resort concept. Um, Famous Dave Anderson, if you know Famous Dave's, the restaurant chain, uh, Famous Dave was the visionary for this project and he was putting together a Cracker Jack team to um, open up the very first Key Lime Cove Water Resort. And then his dream was to then, you know, build more and create a corporate office and, and have them across the country. Sadly, we broke ground in 2007. And, you know, that was um, uh, shortly after 2008, we had the economy crashed. Um, so, so it didn't really take off well. We certainly reached all the goals we ever set to be the world's greatest water resort. Um, however, uh, it was bad timing. Um, but at any rate, uh, I was the last of our opening directors um, to, to last in the building. It had gone bankrupt um, pretty early on and had a new management company, but I, I was there through it all. And opening, there's nothing more romantic professionally than opening a property. And anybody out there listening that's opened a hotel, I know how hard of work it is, but it's so romantic. You put your signature on everything and you train that opening team and it's just so delicious. So opening this resort was, I, I honestly, I don't have the vocabulary to articulate what it meant to me. It was literally like one of my children. It meant so much to me and I put so much of my heart into it. Um, and it was so amazing because it wasn't a branded hotel. I got to create the culture program and the onboarding training and what it meant to be a key limer and all of our associate programs and and then all of the guest uh, activities and what it, you know what the experience would be like when they came to our hotel and it was just so amazing i there there's nobody affiliated with that project that that doesn't know the amount of love i had for that of that property um it currently is a great wolf lodge so it, it was quite heartbreaking when it actually turned um flags but um but at any rate so it was incredible and then uh it was four years later that I uh, had no no idea and I as I was in my office getting ready to make amazing things happen in the fun shine at Key Lime Cove for our guests um I got a call and I ended up losing my position and they just had to eliminate my position entirely because of all the cuts and changes and whatnot and like i had said i was the last of all the directors that had opened the hotel to still remain um but you know you always think you're just invaluable <laughs> you, you, you mentioned you you were driving an hour and a half to get there so just to put yeah. some context around it and and like you said, I mean, there's nothing that you didn't do to develop this brand and to make it yeah. 
successful. And then um, you said uh, that it was kind of like, yeah, you need to pack your stuff and go. Like it wasn't even like you're like, here's the fond farewell, you know? Yes. And it was, it was so shocking. It was literally, I was walked out. I mean, I had never lost a job in my, in my life. And you know, you, even if you was, you know, not your fault and and all of that kind of thing, you still have this incredible shame or, or I don't even know how to process this. You know, this has never happened to me before. I'm such a critical aspect to, to what we do here every day um and, and and I just you know it was just my baby and then to literally be walked out like I was given um uh security had to walk me out I was given a, a, a ample not an ample a, a very small, small amount of time to like just get my things and you know I had four and a half years of you know my my office was uh, a shrine of Keelan Cove and in just you know my I made it my home because I practically lived there um so I had all this stuff and you know and then I was walked out I didn't even get to walk around the resort and say goodbye to people yeah and then they took they take took my phone they took you know everything so here I'm an hour and a half away from home and I, I couldn't even call somebody and I just the whole way home all I kept thinking is my life is over. I will never find another position like this. There's, there's no other resorts or, you know, like leisure type things, um, you know, where I'd be able to use my creativity like I got to do there. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh my God, who am I if I'm not the director of fun for Key Lime Cove Water Resort? Who am I? And I, I was lost. I really was. But not for long. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, you, that's normal, right? I mean, that's how we would all feel. And, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who've been in similar situations because is it, it, it you know, the changes are made every day in hotels and new brands buy other brands. And, you know, sometimes right. you're collateral damage and right. it's shocking when you're so passionate and good at your job and yeah. to be walked out. So I can imagine that feeling that you had yes and especially being walked out and and I don't even know why it was like that why they felt they had to be like that (laughs) but um uh it it, it just you just feel even though you didn't do anything wrong just this overwhelming not only loss but shame you just yeah you know I had never felt that before because it hadn't happened to me and um, but you know, it was, it was all good. It's all part of the journey. And, you know, okay, so tell us what happened. So I love this story because oh, everybody loves a comeback and right. Um, so, so it was, um, I relaxed a little bit. I realized my life isn't over just yet. And, and I just decided, and, and truly, um, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, all or nothing people. And I, I, I actually, when I had my son, he was actually born with a hole in his heart. So I had stepped back. I left Hilton um, to raise my family. I did home daycare for 10 years in between. And at that time, I just worked at the Hampton Inn really part-time to keep my foot in the door. And um, so I, I, when I went back, I'm like, if I go back, you know me, I'm going back. And so opening up this hotel, I was gone a lot, a lot, a lot. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use the summer to get to know my husband and my kids again and, yep. and spend some time with them. I was able to get my son um, uh, enough driving practice. I can get his license. My daughter and I did all kinds of fun adventures. I jumped out of an airplane. I did all these oh my God. cool bucket list things. I'm a real adventure seeker. And so, you know, I just, I just really had the summer. I like to call it the summer of Chrissy. <laughs> and I had a really nice time and, um, and it was great for my kids and my honey too. Uh, so, but then it was um, October 17th, 2011, that I uh, was offered the position for general manager at the courtyard in Waukegan. This was my very first general manager's position. And um, I actually, I was able to choose uh, between two hotels. One was in Arlington Heights and one was in Waukegan. And the, the one hotel, what I had understood was um, a real challenge. It was a red zone hotel, an HR issue. 
um, a real challenge. And then the other hotel was kind of a boring hotel. Everything was fine, very low occupancy, kind of a boring hotel. I'm like, I'll take your challenge. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it was it was incredible the turnaround the team. They were just like they were just they had they had diamonds underneath um, a layer of toxicity. That's what it was. They, it wasn't a bad team. They were amazing. Um, and they just needed someone to come and love them, and I just loved them. So we loved them up, and then they loved up our guests, and within six months, that Red Zone Hotel, we made it the best hotel um, in all of Lake County on TripAdvisor. It was number one in our region for guest service surveys, and at one point, we made it to 48 out of 1,000 courtyards across the world. And the real kicker here is that this hotel is 30 years old in a very depressed area. So this little nothing burger hotel in this nothing burger town took over the courtyard chain, even though it was only 30 years old. And that's why I love to tell people it is not about your four walls. It is about the people inside your four walls. And there is no bar that you should set on yourself because of your location or your building. I love that. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I um, found, then this is the real, like, like full circle moment where I was on a plane headed to DC. I had won general manager of the year and I was getting to go to DC to meet Mr. Marriott. And I got to sit and have lunch with him and I got to sit right next to him. It was so amazing. And as I'm in the back of the plane, totally jazzed and excited, I looked at my on the stand Facebook. You know what I'm talking about, Tracy? Yeah, yeah. Where it's and, like, yeah, relive this day or whatever. Yes. And the day that I was going to DC because I had won general manager of the year, I looked in the on this day and I saw that just two years before, I think it was two years before, on the same day, that was the day I was let go from Keelan Cove. And I thought my world was over. Even I, now, just saying this to you, I have so much emotion in me. I get a little tear in my eye. <laughs> well, you can't make that stuff up. I mean, no, you if can't. Was, if it was in a movie, it'd be like, well, that's a little much, you know? Yeah, it's, right, right. <laughs> but it happened. Yes. And then so I've just made June 23rd like my day of new beginnings. So I always try to now now I kind of like an intentional about what am I doing new? How am I going to grow? You know, what does this day mean? And this year I had launched my book for pre-sale and, and launched my website for my my um, my company, The Wise Pineapple on, on June 23rd. So it was okay. So exciting and so inspiring. So, and now, so you launched your book. So tell me about the book. Okay. So the book is Yes, It's the Answer. And it, it, I kind of go into my little story about how I began and whatnot. And, and actually one of my biggest failures um, as far as, you know, getting to this yes process. So just, I don't know how much you want me to tell you, but just to give a little sound bite of it. Um, we as managers, and, and, and you probably have heard this many times, where a manager will tell you, yes is the answer. What is the question? You know, yes is the answer. <laughs> and as I cross the country, I meet tons and tons of leaders that they have their signs posted, yes is the answer. And, and then I ask them two or three of my hard yes questions, or I call them my hard no questions. And they all answer me the same. I'm sorry, no, or unfortunately. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you just said yes is the answer. <laughs> so this is the thing. We as leaders have always told our associates yes is the answer. It's kind of like same thing with them being empowered. Mm. However, we've never taught them how to say yes. Because there's a lot of hard questions to say yes to. And it's easy for us to say that from our office and post a sign. However, we got to teach them how to do it. And it was through my failure uh, in this, in, in doing the exact same thing after reading an article, I kind of go into uh, it all in the book, um, that I realized, you know, just saying it is not enough. And so through my journey, that became a real focus for me being so service oriented as how do we always say yes? And I basically deduced it down to the fact that it's just four simple steps. 
to always be able to say yes. And I'll give you, I'll just share the first one if we have time. Do we have time for that? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so just the very first step, and this is, it seems ridiculously simple. However, this is the number one reason why we, we stumble with that positive response. And the number, the first step is to make friends first. So often, again, we are so caught up with the anxiety of the confrontation we might have that we just go right to that, I'm sorry, no, or unfortunately. And every time you say any of those items, no, I'm sorry, or unfortunately, you shrink in your confidence. So I want to teach associates how they can stand tall and lead from the heart and be empowered and always give that yes answer. So the very first thing is, is, is making friends first. It's taking that breath. Don't go right into the rules of why the Illinois state law doesn't allow smoking. <laughs> they don't care about rules. They just care about what they want. Okay. So, so I'll give you an example. So let's just take that one. So let's just say, for example, a guest uh, is on the phone. They're trying to make a reservation. I'm on vacation. I'd really like to get a smoking room. So immediately, most of us would say, no, I'm sorry, unfortunately, or Illinois state law, blah, 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 you know. So instead of that, take a breath make friends first, and maybe it might sound like this. Thank you so much for letting me know your request. I want you to have an awesome stay. And then you take it on to the next step. But it's that breath and that making friends first and building that relationship that takes you through that next step. And it helps you to get into that empathy. I find it and as I perfected this and trained everyone on it, I crossed the country training people on it, I, I started seeing it pop up in so many other aspects of my life, whether it would be at home or with colleagues or with teachers, um, and, and even in my emails. I, I, I found myself typing, we should never, I'm like, wait a minute, let's back that up. Let's make friends first. Thank you so much for caring so much. You know? We should always, let's talk about the positive behavior I want to see. Um, so it's just really just retraining your mind, these four steps. And it's, it's very simple. I will not say it's easy because you have to practice to make it become who you are, just like everything we do. Um, but th that's um, the beginning of it. And the book takes you through all four steps. It's just a little snack of a book. You could read it in 90 minutes. I really wanted to just be truly focused on being confident, empowered, and leading from the heart with this four-step process so that, because it's hard to get people to read today with all the other distractions in the world. So mm -hmm. um, something, you know, simple and, um, and fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's all in my crazy voice. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I got to tell you, I, this is brilliant. I, I worked with... Um, this fantastic woman, Andrea Christofferson, and she was head of training for Omni's corporate office when I was head of business travel sales there. Okay. And so we worked a lot together um, with training and uh, she nailed this. And I would try and figure out like, how is she doing this? Like, I remember we were sitting at, we had all of the general managers from all 45 hotels and all the directors of sales and all the BTSMs, business travel sales managers, mm -hmm. at this conference and the um owner of omni hotels was going was going to be there and speak and that's very rare and it was probably gosh like an hour maybe 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 30 minutes before the conference we were going to open the doors and um our vice president of sales came in and said gosh we've been running through everything and we're just really thinking the the um ceiling height is really low is there any way we can move over to the room next door because they have a really big ceiling it's like more of a grand room and i i mean you have a stage you've got everything you've got rounds i mean everything was set up i go wait a second i need to focus on this answer. I was like, here comes the expert. I'm like, please tell me how you're going to handle this. <laughs> I love it. I did. I was like, Andrea, here we go. And um, she just said, well, come on, let's go walk the space. Let's go see what we can do. And instead of saying like, uh, and she's meanwhile typing during this whole conversation because she of course had 9 million other things going on and fires right, right. out. And, yeah. And understaffed and all that good stuff. But I just, was in, did he teach you to do it? 
Um, she convinced them not to do it, but she, oh, she good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't lead with that's no. never going to happen. Um, which is what I would have led with, which is why I didn't have the job. But, um, she <laughs> said, you know, that's a great question. You know, why don't we go take a look at it and go walk the space? And I'm exactly. like, you know, it was just, and, and then let them come up with the idea of, okay, we can do it. It might push back the opening of the doors or it might. So there is a way to do it. Exactly. Uh, there is a yes answer for every question. You just need to get creative to find out what it is. And if you slow down and take that breath like she did and make friends first, instead of going right into the no, I'm sorry, or unfortunately, you, it'll, it'll lead you to that yes answer. Oh, I learned so much from her. And so to have this in a book that is easy, four steps, here's how you do it. it I can tell you that she gained such success and admiration for the way that she handled these I mean, they were, there was always a challenge popping up in meetings, as you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's she's awesome. I'd love to meet her. <laughs> yes, she's, she's yeah. wonderful. And so um, she really, uh, like you, just honed the skill. Um, so and the here's the thing. Here's the real kicker is that when you're leading from the heart, you really do want to find that solution for that guest. You know, it's not just like this burned out, nope, that's the rule, sorry sucker. You know, when you're leading from the heart, you really want to find that answer. So, you know, it's, it's partly it needs to be genuine as well. Um, and, and there's a lot, there's a whole chapter on the spirit of yes. Um, but, uh, but really you just, you know, when you're leading from the heart, and it sounds like she just really had that, where she wanted to make it right. And here, let me show you what that will involve. And, and instead of cutting them right off, you know, I, oh, I, I love her. It's such an admiration for her. <laughs> and she really was amazing. <laughs> I learned a lot from her. That's awesome. And recently I've done a couple workshops for different industries. One was for a real estate company and one was for a spa and, um, and, and uh, one was for healthcare. And it's just been so much fun working with these groups to help them with their hard nose. I mean, I know verbatim my hotel hard nose, but these different industries, it's been really fun to work with them and, and show them how they can take their concerns and turn them into yeses. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. And what, if I could give all service providers two gifts, it would be one, the, the, let them understand that they have a higher purpose, that what we do matters so much and we make such a difference in the world and that every day they get the chance to, to change the world one yes at a time. And two, those four steps on how to always stand tall, be confident and empowered and, and lead from the heart and say yes. Um, and that's, this is what this book is. It's these two basic um, uh, themes that run through that book. I can't wait to read it. And so it comes out this Sunday. Is that yes, right? This Sunday. If anybody's a Chicagoland person, it's at the uh, Chicago Marriott Northwest in Hoffman States. I'm having my big book launch party. It's going to be super fun. And, uh, and it will be released. It's right now you can get it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNobles.com um, uh, as a presale. There's a hard cover and an ebook available at presale. And uh, on Sunday, it will be released. It'll be sent for all the people who purchased pre-sale. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to meet you. And I'm so glad you came on the podcast. You are really a wealth of knowledge. And it sounds so tactical and so easy to implement. It, it really is. It is, it is easy. You just need to practice because you, you can get the, uh, the anxiety can get the better of you if you don't practice, just like with problem resolution or anything that we do in life. But it's just taking that practice and, and you too can be a yes is the answer, gal or guy. <laughs> uh, well, you're so positive. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. This was so much fun. And I have, I would like to just like flip the script and interview you because you're so interesting and I'd love to um, talk more with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to do that. That would be so fun. And, um, yeah. and I know if I, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that um, um, we talked so much about huddle for all of um, the listeners um, on my website. If you go to uh, the wisepineapple.com. If you sign up for my Wise Wednesday, the subscription, 
you immediately will get my best practices for recognition, whether that's for your kids or for your team. You know, you can use those, um, those uh, things in any aspect of your life. And additionally, I'll have more pineapple pro tips coming. And one is a whole page on huddle tips. So I, want, I really want to get those out to everybody too. <laughs> oh, that, this is good stuff. I mean, this was not available when I was um, working front office or reservation. So how great that we've come this far that you have it for free. So why wouldn't you download right. it? Yes, yes, I've got a lot of different, I call it my free sources. And in the book, it, it talks about a number of different things where go to my website and you can collect these free sources that will help you really implement this stuff in your hotels. Very easy, practical stuff. And, uh, and, and again, all free ideas for you. I really, the more people I can get with this impression and this philosophy, the more people we can change the world. So that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you really can change your hotel. I mean, this is a philosophy that if you start doing this, you will change your hotel. You'll make a difference. And inside our hotel are people from all over the world. And you never know how far your ripple will reach. I've got tons of stories I could tell you, Trace. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, you got to come back on. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. This has been another episode of Hotel Stories Podcast and um, with Christine Trippy. And thank you so much for being our guest. We will see everybody next week. Bye.